0: Which I don't see happening. Um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over forty percent off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a Headgum podcast.
1: Fake the Nation, episode 354.
0: Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we kvetch about news, we harumph about culture, and where we gaze upon Ron DeSantis' fingers as they are dipped into vats of pudding. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I can't say that I've dipped my fingers in pudding, but now that everyone's talking about it, I really want to... Today we'll delve deep into an "Am I the asshole?" question. We'll also ask what happened with Tucker Carlson, whether if Diane Feinstein should leave, and how excited we should be about Biden's election announcement. And finally, how excited should we be about dogs who kill rats so that the rest of us can keep going to our favorite restaurants in peace? Today, oh folks, this panel—it, it, I mean, assembled by one of the world's finest producers, Andrew McGuire. He just—he sat down, um, you know. And uh, he threw on his monocle, and he just put evilly uh, machinated, the, which is a new word I'm working on. Uh, the the most the most superb panel we have joining us um, for the first time, very excitingly. He's uh, and and we've done something together in the past, but we c- we can't figure figure out what because uh, the New York comedy scene is broad and wide, um, and those are maybe synonyms don't worry about it folks it is um we have with us a writer a comedian he's got an audible play called the comedians that you can listen to which you should do immediately he is the wonderful gabe gonzalez hey gabe
2: Nugin, thank you for uh ruining pudding for me uh once again <laughs> there was a traumatic childhood memory but this is bring it all back this is really wonderful <laughs>
0: I mean, I would argue Ron DeSantis is ruining pudding for America, um, and I am but a messenger. But yes, I hear your point.
2: (laughs) The first of many things. Uh, And during the the pudding trauma, I remembered what it was. Uh, We co-hosted the Yes and Laughter Lab. I think the first year was uh, during oh the pandemic. Oh, my
0: God. That's right. It was
2: another Zoom meeting. We're never <laughs> faded to is. meet in real life. We,
0: I know. I shall not breathe your air. <laughs> um, all right. We are also joined now this person. Uh, he is a veteran of Fake the Nation. You know him. You love him. He's a comedian. He's, he's a writer. Um, he's got a podcast that I've been on. It's so wonderful. It's called A Good Cry. Uh, and he's got a show that's opening this Friday in New York City at the Audible Theater, and it's called Sorry for Your Loss. It is the magnificent Michael Cruz Kane. Hello.
1: pew, pew, And he comes with going? his
0: own sound effects. <laughs> That's, uh, he, he pressed a button. He's got a whole array of sound effects on a board over there.
1: Wouldn't it be fun if that was all that I did the entire episode? Actually, no, it would
0: not be. <laughs> I wish you were that guy from that one movie in the 80s that did all of the sound effects with his mouth, whoever that guy was. <laughs> yes,
1: the police academy <laughs> yeah. fellow. The I police academy
0: fellow, yeah yes, yes. yes. Um, who, who, if I believe we were 10 years older, we would immediately be able to summon that guy's name. Anyways, um, now before we get into the show, I would like to remind people that they can support this show by going to patreon.com slash Farsad. We just posted a really fun episode with Todd Berry and Ivy Lee about friendship decluttering. Is it a rule? Is it a rite of spring or a dick move? I don't know. We get into it in a really fun bonus episode. You can access such bonus episodes by subscribing to the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash um for as little as $4 a month. You get free episodes of the show and there's um, other tiers after that. And, and, uh, and right now, you may be enjoying additional episodes of Fake the Nation in the form of succession recaps that drop on Monday. So maybe you're getting two a week And maybe you want to just formalize that enjoyment with a Patreon subscription. So again, you can do that at patreon.com slash Nikki and Farsad. Now let us get into it with topic number one. We're going to grapple with the age old question. Is this guy the asshole? Here's the situation. We read a Reddit post about a guy who took his fiancee on a boating trip for a day with friends. It sounds nice, right? There's like a boating trip. uh, They're sipping on White Claws or Mike's Hard Lemonade or what have you. But while they were on the water, there was a downpour, and it caused some 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 issues with the boat. Then, apparently, the fiancé started screaming and crying for dear life. Quote, she was in hysterics, and on the car ride home, the guy tells her, not only was it incredibly embarrassing in front of my boys, but it was distracting and unhelpful and telling. He proceeded to tell her that he wouldn't be able to rely on her in a life-and-death situation um so I guess my first question is Michael Cruz Kane is this guy the asshole what did you make of this little situation
1: I mean I would say there I wish I had like a more inflammatory and interesting take on this but I think there's only one take which is okay. he's got to lose this chick like for sure it's over with him. <laughs> <laughs> she is going to drag him to hell it's uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Ab- absolutely no he's not an asshole I think look he he and his friends, and it does seem like this was segregated strangely by gender. But it seems like he and his dude it friends, does, at least, does. perceive themselves as having you know helped everybody out, and uh, the their girlfriends or whatever were all oh pretty they're chill. all the
0: most they're all the most valiant boat skippers, aren't they?
1: <laughs> I see I see what you're driving at here, again I think it's a fair uh, destination to, to drive to, but mm-hmm. so I guess the, like I think of this in my own marriage as how like. My wife is the one who's like is the cooler head that would certainly prevail in a time of a crisis. And I'm like, babe, just let me die. Like, do what you need to do. You need to do. <laughs> I don't deserve. I know I'm going to be like peeing my pants while you're giving people CPR. Don't worry about me. I don't deserve to keep living. And so I'm just flipping that and seeing that that should be applied in the same way to this woman.
0: Um. F- okay. Uh. I don't know. Gabe, tell me what you feel because Michael Cruz Kane has just really weird hangers just in the background of his Zoom, and it's so I can't uh, can barely take anything he says seriously. So please, you tell me your thoughts, and we'll weight those more heavily.
2: Michael Cruz Kane, not a voice America can rely on. I. um <laughs>
0: Okay, I've always so, said that
2: <laughs> for me, this uh, this scenario is irrelevant, in whether or not the writer is an asshole, I think, because uh, I love to skim for context clues on am I the asshole posts. And for okay. me, the most obvious one is referring to adult male friends as my boys. That's oh, a really big red flag, red flag. Red flag number yeah. one, you're kind of you're approaching being the asshole anyway. Um, And the second thing is, I'm assuming they're all straight people drinking White Claws, which to me is gross. When queer people do it, it's empowering, it's edgy, it's ironic. When there are straight people on a boat drinking Mm -hmm. White Claw, you're in danger, I think. Um, And the third is referring to a group of women as the girlfriends. I'm like, okay, we we got the boys, we got the girlfriends, we got a White Claw. Take me back to 2016 freshman year. Like... This man does not have the emotional maturity to protect anyone. Like, I think he could arguably save them. But, like, is he the guy you want to navigate the last of us with? You know what I mean? I don't.
0: (laughs) Right. And you're zombie apocalypsing. Who's who's, are you? Do you want to be with one of the boys? Which, again, again, (laughs) just the idea that they were like, we were just heroically saving everybody while the ladies were cowering. I mean. First of all, and I want to say to the journalists in the audience, of which we have at least three, um, <laughs> that I added the white claw uh, n- detail. That was a Nagin flare there, and it's possibly not at all true. But in my heart, it's true. Um, and I want to say that: Are you in a marriage? How often are you thinking? I mean, is this guy also <laughs> a doomsday prepper? What, how often do you have to deal with like bears and boat capsizing? You know not, what I mean? Uh, like, uh, like, that's very fair. Tell, me, of Michael, tell me, Michael, tell me, Michael, when you betrothed, when you were in your <laughs> betrothal phase, <laughs> did this, how often did this come up for you?
1: I would say not that often, but uh-huh. I-, I did go whitewater rafting with my whole family once and our raft capsized in the rapids and while me and my entire family were screaming bloody murder my wife was like backstroking through the rapids <laughs> having the time of her life and we got we got to the shore or whatever covered well, my whole family covered completely in blood and my wife's like that was awesome and that's when it's like okay you we want you on the team for when shit's going to go down you know what i'm saying so i d- i'm still i haven't been swayed from my from my original point of view i also would like to point out I didn't even know like rejecting the premise of the question was an option. Gabe went full alpha mode and just went, you
0: know what? Forget this. I got my own point
2: of view on it. We are querying the text today. We're querying <laughs> the text.
0: All right um, ladies and gentlemen, you hit me up. You let me know if um if this guy is the asshole. This is a a question for the ages, and I would really would like to see one hundred percent participation from Fake the Nation <laughs> listeners. If I don't, if I get less than twenty thousand messages about this, I will be disappointed. All right, let us move on to a quick break. Ooh, didn't see Ooh. that coming. Quick break. Bow, bow, We're bow, hear bow, about bow, our sponsor. <laughs> He's got that one sound effect. He's keep, he keeps going for it. Um, and then when we come back, we'll talk about Tucker Carlson. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things, and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app, and I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly (laughs) angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and rocket money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in cancel subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fakethenation. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. So, Tucker Carlson, Fox News' highest-rated host, is out of a job. He was abruptly fired on Monday. On Friday's broadcast, he bid his listener adieu in the original German, as he's known to do. And he told viewers he'd see them on Monday, but joke is on that be-bow-tied motherfucker because he was dumped and dumped hard. And here's my favorite detail about the firing. Don Lemon was also fired from CNN on the same day, and they both hired the same lawyer. Like, what do an avowed conspiracy theorist and possible white nationalist nationalists and misogynists have in common with a black gay anchor (laughs) their lawyer their lawyer is what they have in common so we're you know maybe we're not a divided nation after all um all right so let's dig in gabe on the specifically tucker side of things why do you think this happened
2: yeah, this lawyer news is is new to me. I love that nothing unites people like class. The wealthy will always <laughs> be past it. I love it. Um, I, I I mean, I think, you know, I think some folks are really excited about this and, and they forget that this slot used to belong to Bill O'Reilly. So it's like the 8 p.m. slot on Fox is just a very twisted uh, racist starfish with white nationalist beliefs. You cut off a limb. Mm-hmm. A new Tucker grows back. So I don't know if I have much hope <laughs> for the future. I am really relishing in a lot of the um, a lot of the gossip or rumors around why he got surrounded. My favorite of which uh, is that Rupert Murdoch's ex just really loved Tucker Carlson. Uh, and that was the primary motivation for uh, kicking him off the network. I think the more I watch succession, oh, the that's more that funny. seems I,
0: I haven't heard that one. That one's crazy.
2: Oh, yeah. Apparently they used to have like dinners together and she was like highly religious and Tucker Carlson was super into it. I mean, there are a thousand reasons why Tucker Carlson shouldn't be on the air. But I think
1: I think she believed that he one, was a yeah. messenger from God. It was something oh, like that sure. explicit. It wasn't just like I like I like him. It's like I think he speaks directly for the Lord
2: from what? the mouth of babes an 11 year old, 40 year old man. <laughs>
0: Uh Michael Cruz Kane, why, why was the voice of the Lord um, fired from Fox?
1: Well, I, I mean, it seems like I, I would like to think it's part of this Dominion thing. I I, I don't know that like, we, we don't know all the terms of the settlement, but it would be nice if at the end of it, they were like, we do want all the money. And also, you got to let that one guy go. The one guy's got to <laughs> stop. And, and Rupert Murdoch was like, OK, fine. But probably it's because like of what Gabe was talking about. And also that in, I think, a lot of the documents that they were able to uncover in the process of discovery that they found that Tucker was talking shit about a bunch of Fox executives and all the executives were like, actually, how about fuck you instead? So that's my (laughs) guess.
0: I mean, I also, yeah, I think that's super salient. Um, Also, he's got a lawsuit from a woman named Abigail... Grossberg? Grossberg. Grossberg. Uh, thank you. Couldn't find the note. And she is is suing him because uh, he's apparently created a really toxic uh, workplace environment for women in particular. And there's just like umpteen examples of him being using the C word and the C word stands for cunt, by the way. <laughs> um, I feel like I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really wrecking uh, my brain
2: there. What could he have said? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, and so there, there's just nonstop examples of him being like a real dick about women towards women, you know. So that that seems kind of like a, a a a losing case. Um, obviously this 787 million dollar settlement is huge. Um, it's just like how much money is this guy gonna lose for Fox? Here's the other thing that I thought was really interesting because he's so off the rails as a Host, they were really unable to sell mainstream brands on that show. Like none of the mainstream brands would advertise with him. And so they were kind of also losing money in that respect. Even though he was the most popular, highest rated, he couldn't make as much money necessarily because um, he was so toxic that they couldn't, you know, get the ad the ad dollars. So there's a lot to be said there, and then he, here's another interesting detail. I don't. Do you guys know he's the heir to a fish stick fortune?
1: I think I did know that. Yes,
2: I
0: believe Why
1: does that is. That l- <laughs>
2: <laughs> it looks like it's the case. I did not know that, but like he's visually heir it makes to sense. A fish
0: stick. I know it makes. Like, and then here's the other thing that I forgot. You know, he was on Dancing with the Stars. Forgot that he also. You know, he was on CNN and MSNBC and PBS. It's not like he was wildly popular. He was not wildly popular until he was anointed by Fox. So I think that 8 p.m. slot is the, created the, you know, is the limb of the starfish or whatever. It's not like he, you know, I think you're right, Gabe. It's like whoever takes that spot becomes the dude. It's not necessarily the dude that becomes the dude. Um so I think that's, that's all part of it. Are what do you think will happen to Tucker Carlson?
2: Um unfortunately I think there's probably going to be a podcast. I think he's good.
1: Going... <laughs> great. It's a
2: shame you took Fake the Nation because it would have been great for him. But I
1: <laughs>
2: I fully see a like a Joe Rogan meltdown happening for him in the future which is Uh, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, he'll like create another Newsmax or like weird offspring right wing uh, channel that's only available on like a VPN or live streaming. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I I would love to see him disappear forever. But I think that bow tie is going to come back for sure.
0: Well, I mean, uh, Michael, what do you think? Because like Glenn Beck is sort of he was fired. Bill O'Reilly was fired. A lot of people get fired from that spot. And then they don't necessarily have huge careers after.
1: I think that's true. But the advantage I think that Tucker has over some of those people is that he has fans who are young white nationalists and so i think that kind of that kind of entourage can hook him up with can be like okay so this is how you use the internet or whatever and get him going on a platform that like glenn beck's (laughs) fans who are already like pretty much in a morgue couldn't do you know what i mean because i think he's like you can't really put him on he's been fired now by msnbc cnn and fox like there's really no place left for him on tv unless he goes to newsmax which is barely a channel Um, Right. So I I think it's rebirth in some kind of an Internet like, you know, some kind of whatever the most disgusting possible platform is. That's where he'll be proudly um, <laughs>
0: proudly yeah proudly um all right folks let me know what do you think is is it gonna happen to tucker carlson oh by the way this i wanted to bring this up there's like these ridiculous rumors that are completely unsubstantiated that he might run for president uh, <laughs> and that he would actually do a lot of gop strategists have weighed in saying that he would actually do quite well if he ran for president uh Let's just have a very, very dumb moment of fancy and think of a Tucker Carlson v. Biden pre- uh, election. Who is winning that?
1: I think you got Joe Biden by like a hundred gazillion votes, even though <laughs> even though the other side <laughs> will will definitely say that Tucker won. Joe Biden, huh? I think, would absolutely like Joe. The problem is that Joe Biden is for whatever you think about him, eminently likable. I mean, yes. Even like even I mean, like even well, when wait, he's like and
0: we're going to get into that. We're going to get into okay, that on another enough. segment. I just wanted to say that so like even when that.
1: Okay, I'll save it. But
0: but but I think by by contrast what you're what you're saying here, which is so controversial, Tucker Carlson is not likable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen Tucker Carlson laugh, it's like there's no way to be friends with that person.
0: <laughs> um, okay, let us move on to topic number 3. Senator Dianne Feinstein from the great state of California has been in a pickle. She's been sick with shingles and hasn't shown up for work for a couple of months. Her absence has halted, voting on Biden's judicial nominees. And that one Chovani she left in the senatorial fridge has probably gone bad at this point. There has also been rumors of her memory loss and verifiable rumors that she's really fucking old. Now, the course of people asking her to resign has grown. What do you think should happen here, Gabe?
2: I say they let Tony Bennett do cheek to cheek. We can let Senator <laughs> Dianne Feinstein finish her, her term. Um, no, I um, I actually think this is, it's really sad. Is that the,
0: is that the Lady Gaga duo that you're referring to? Absolutely, yes. where okay, Tony Bennett you. was
2: Just probably not aware of where he was for most of that. Like, <laughs> she was like, come on, baby, we're doing the red carpet. She has to weekend yeah. at Bernie's Tony, yeah. Tony Bennett. Really
0: brutal. Uh, <laughs> so, so yes, but what, but what do you really think?
2: Yeah, the Senate's famous uh, Tony Bennett rule is in play. No, um, <laughs> I think this is like. It's a very unfortunate example, I think, of of like, you know, someone's personal pride or sort of legacy being put over the well-being of their constituents. And like, I think the stakes are obviously much higher because of her position on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, I think missing these crucial votes to get judges appointed uh, after we saw the rate at which the last administration appointed some like real nutcases, some of whom were deeply underqualified, um, I think emphasizes the need or feinstein to step down as soon as possible um i think her replacement uh in the interim would be gavin newsom which i don't think anyone's thrilled about but like at least that's a functional person that can sort of show up um and complete their votes and you know remember like what they're being interviewed about um i i just i don't know if there's like a a nice polite way to tell diane feinstein to do the right thing here Um, I think there are ways in which some messaging might have been caught up with sexism, but I also think that's been used as sort of like um, a cover to not have that conversation by a lot of folks who have power in the party and don't really want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, by the way, Gavin Newsom has said that he – well, in the past he said that he would would appoint a black woman – to, oh, he wouldn't to be replaced. He'd be in charge yeah. of appointing someone else. He would be in charge. He would be in charge of replacing. I wasn't sure if I caught what you meant, but yes, he would be in charge of replacing. And he has said in the past that he would appoint a black woman in this in this instance. Michael Kors Kane, where, where do you stand on? By the way, I'm from California, so. Um keep that in mind as you answer your question.
1: Okay, that actually really affects what I was gonna say. Cause I, I always like to know the geographical origin of any person I'm yeah. speaking to before I she absolutely. Express yeah, there myself.
0: it is. I, I live in New York City, but I'm from the great state of California, so there you go.
1: Um yeah, she gotta go, bro. She's gotta she's gotta go. Uh and I it feels to me in a lot of the ways that Gabe already elucidated. Like a little bit of like Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg 2.0, where it's like this person is a legend, right? This is like you, you may not like even, you know, her politics, but it's someone who obviously is a huge, meaningful figure in American politics for many reasons. And now your time is up. You got to go. And, like, we saw what happened with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If she had retired earlier, I think we all just sort of believed that, oh, well, it won't be a big problem because Hillary will be president. We'll get another. And that didn't pan out. Like, you can never count the chickens before they hatch, so to speak. And I'm just worried that if Diane Feinstein hangs on for too long, we're going to, like, you know, we got this, like, mephistone Mefepristone. M- 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 yeah. We got judges like that out there who are just, like, making insane rulings, right, just, like, out of no place. We don't want more of those judges, and that's why Diane Feinstein she she got to go.
0: I uh, you know I think that's right guys. I mean, you know there's there's some people that are talking about like this is sexist or something because we don't ask. I don't know who's actually saying that. Um but there were some some uh, you know accusations I've read about about oh this being sexist and we don't ask this of men. If we did, you know, for sure, we didn't ask this of Strom Thurmond or whatever. We should have, what a what a fucking mistake it was not to ask this of, of everyone. I mean, we may be asking this of Chuck Grassley, like he's also 89. Um, this is, there's a minimum age to join the Senate, and it's 30 years old, I believe. There should also, there should also just be like a, like a an area an area of a maximum age? I don't know. Is that something we can look into? I mean, like the constitution already, like I said, sets out a minimum age, so it feels like having some kind of maximum age wouldn't be a horrible idea.
1: I think that's fair. Like if you have if you could have personally met Martin Van Buren, you can't be in the Senate anymore. I think that's a fair
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you went on a date in high school with Martin Van Buren, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. If you called Martin Van Buren Marty, you are not allowed to be in the set
2: anymore.
0: <laughs> and then, and then the other thing is like, look, I, I, you know, m- m- sh- she's much older than my dad, but like, I think of my dad and like, okay, he's still working and he's fucking totally with it and awesome and great, and you would never look at him and and think like that guy should stop working. But then there's like, I have an uncle who's like in that age bracket who I'm like, oh, he should definitely not be working. You know what I mean? There's also like, a, this is also a case by case basis because some people uh, age beautifully and, um and without any issues. And then some people don't. And I mean, that's just what's going on here. Like, and some people are going to have memory loss and some people are absolutely not going to have that. And so, I think it's also a little bit of a case by case basis um, and there should I feel like be some kind of legislation that puts guardrails around this situation that are humane that are gracious that let the people kind of retire and resign with dignity and without this being a part a big part of the news cycle in this weird horrible way because I don't because you're right she's a legend and this is besmirching that legendary status
1: she's getting besmirched she's doing this. Self smirch
0: She's doing a self smirching That's right um, the, I like no, what you said though
1: I'm sorry I'm talking way too no, much It's yeah. your show You go No
0: no say say I like what I you said I like that how that sentence started So I definitely want to hear The end of it I was <laughs> just going to say That I
1: really liked What you said About there being Some kind of a gentler way To move people out I Like in my mind It's just like Before you walk into your office That there's like A little captcha Where you have to Like identify All the pictures <laughs> With cars in them And if you can't do it It's like You don't work here anymore <laughs>
0: I like, yes, yeah. By the way, those captures, I fail them. <laughs> like routinely because I like, go in through some kind of existential crisis mode when I'm answering them. Like I'm like, I kind of see the corner of an object there. Could that be a car? And like, I go into a whole thing and I overthink it. So anyways, um, let's also, you know, let's do something about captcha is the other, I think, conclusion to this segment.
2: We'll show you a hot dog. <laughs> ask if it's a sandwich. I got a jet ski and I was like, is this a boat? I don't know. Like it really, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. It'll really I know, mess you I know. up. No, it's it'll mess you up. Here's a question for you, Gabe. Before we leave this topic, John Fetterman, who's a 53 year old and just spent the last six weeks uh, missing Senate votes because he was re- receiving treatment for depression, uh, where is he in this spectrum of things? compared yeah, I mean, to I think it's totally
2: reasonable that you know some legislators are going to be out for um, health reasons, right? I think uh, Feinstein's position in the Judiciary Committee, and I think her like kind of inability to make cognizant statements sometimes in press interviews or to me are like the biggest kind of red flags here. Um, I think it's gonna be, you know obvious that, um, you know, someone at any age is gonna have to leave work for health reasons, right? Like we all understand that. It just happens to be that if you're a senator, your job is like, Really important, and a lot of things are on the line. And if you're part of the Judiciary Committee, your job is even more important. Um, So I don't think we saw like sort of basic uh, government procedure grind to a halt during Fetterman's time away as we saw during Feinstein's. So I think we have to consider like the stakes and the context a little bit more. And also the fact that Fetterman, you know, obviously is younger, was recovering from a stroke, still got out there and did interviews uh, during that recovery, which was kind of wild and not something that I think he needed to do, but sort of wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I think it really just depends on the context and and the stakes because there there's a lot at stake right now. I think it
0: sounds um, vague and, and ominous, I think, but <laughs> <when>
2: they,
0: <laughs> and, and one of the things that I thought is sort of relevant here is that there's obviously been old people in the Senate and the House forever, and it's something that we've we've probably had to deal with before. The I think a big difference, for example, with Strom Thurmond or in in, in people earlier than that. Is that the media wasn't as ubiquitous, so I think mm. it was easier for those people to sort of hide their age um, from the citizenry in a way that it's like not possible, not as possible anymore. Um, there's a lot more coverage of these people. There's just a lot more constant demand of what they're doing, where they are, mm. and uh, it just wasn't like that back in the day. And so that's another reason why this is a little bit why things are different now, and um, and we should you know kind of Im- embrace so we're not putting that genie back in the bottle like we can't pretend like Roosevelt wasn't paralyzed you know what i mean so all right let us move on to topic number four. Oh my God, folks, there's four topics uh, in one show. What is happening to fake the nation? Folks we are just doing things a little bit differently today, format wise. Don't freak out. But speaking of old people, the Biden campaign has officially been launched. There's a Gazi video with filters letting us know that he's fighting for the soul of America. There's a secretly incredible record for him to run on. He was given a COVID economy in a country that was shell-shocked from four years of Trump. And honestly, he's done more than anyone anticipated. But Folks, on the downside, he is really old. Uh, so, Michael Cruz Kane, what's your position?
1: I mean, you kind of got to vote Joe I know this is the most exciting reason, but who else are you going to vote for? I think who else like are you going to vote for. I think he's Ma- just
0: Marianne th- Williamson.
1: Yeah, and look, look, I there are <laughs> things about Marianne Williamson that I really find delightful, but I just don't think. And I, I, this is this is an argument <laughs> that I hate, but it feels so true. There is no other electable person in the Democratic Party at this point. Like we haven't cultivated any other people to come up behind Joe and take the mantle from him. I think there was some hope that that would be Kamala Harris, but I don't feel like that's someone who has asserted herself on the national stage in a way that people would vote for her in the way that they vote for Joe. And part of the thing that helps with Joe is that old racists who are on the other side are still like, well, you know, of all the people who would advocate things that I think will send the entire nation to hell, at least that one looks like me. And I do think as cynical as it is, Mm -hmm. that helps. Not to mention the fact, as you've already said, he has been a pretty good president. Like whether... I Oddly. Yeah, and maybe truly he is just like lying in the basement playing pinochle while while his staff does everything. But that's (laughs) fine. Like they've been able to accomplish a decent number of things. So if it's four more years of that, I think, you know... a a younger me is like the only possible candidates are Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and everyone else can die. And I think as I get older, I'm almost 22 now I start to (laughs) change my perspective on like, you know, well, what is like really practical and Joe, Joe Biden winning is an exceptionally practical prediction.
0: I mean, absolutely. And listeners to the show know that I cried when uh, Elizabeth Warren, Dropped out of the race. Uh, we were recording when we found that out. And uh, so I'm with you on the, like, visions of uh, of these progressive candidates. And, oh, my God. But the interesting thing about Biden, too, and I wonder what you think, Gabe, is, like, I sort of expected an a more of an old school dude walking into the White House. But he's been oddly, like, progressive on things or, like, you know, and... And on the right side of like the trans issue, and on the right side of all of all the women's issues, and he hasn't like been sort of mealy-mouthed about any of those things. Um, and so I think he's far more progressive than I, than any of the other eighty-year-olds out that I know. Um, <laughs> a very high
2: bar, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> classically. Oh um, no, I don't but know. You know I'd, what I mean? Uh, it's. I think he's trying to be a safe choice right i think he's doing what we see a lot of establishment democrats do which is sort of say the right thing and then sometimes when you look at policy you're like okay that doesn't quite match up but like we're really glad you said it like you know i think a topic i've been hearing a lot lately is that i think it was something like in the first two years the biden administration outpaced the trump administration of approving like gas and oil drilling despite trying to like strengthen the epa and and be more progressive on on climate change and policies like that so i think if you like you know pick a little bit it's like yeah we're as excited as we might be for like a bowl of oatmeal right now, but it's like the options are like oatmeal or like a steaming pile of dog poop. So you got to take the oatmeal, man, because it's going to taste better comparatively. (laughs) But I do think on social issues, he's definitely been better than I thought. You know what I mean? For sure. Especially when it comes to voicing support for LGBTQ people and making sure he's trying to appoint folks that would would protect uh, LGBTQ rights and, and other civil rights.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And just being like, uh, happy Ramadan or, you know, happy a- Eid, <laughs> happy yeah. Ramadan, yeah. <laughs> um, happy Persian New Year, happy, you I-, I don't know. He's just like, uh, he's like, it's uh, and brown people are here and that's cool. Like, I don't know I, that that stuff matters. But let me just make a quick case for why we could be excited. OK, mm-hmm. first of all, he won the Senate and lost the House in the midterms by by a small, small margin in what was considered a shocking result. He passed the CHIPS Act and the infrastructure bill. Both of those were bipartisan. Both of those are jobs bills, essentially. He's talking about bringing um, factory jobs back, union jobs back, and those bills are actually making that a possibility. Those aren't hollow terms there. And then he's also... um, did the Inflation Reduction Act, which was another bipartisan bill, which is one of the biggest climate bills in history that also uh, reduces prescription drug prices. These are, I mean, this is kind of wild. And I'm going to say something that I think is maybe most important of all. The emotional health of the country is better. It is better, right? Even, I would argue, even for people who hate Biden... (laughs) I, I don't think they realize that they're not like thinking I know because I there's there's some Trump people in my um like kind of extended family and they're not like thinking about politics as 100 percent of the time that as they were during the Trump administration. So even for them, people who did not vote for Biden, I think like have been able to kind of simmer down and um and so i think he's just better for the emotional health of the country and that's remarkable michael cruz kane is that a crazy pep talk to america or does that make sense
1: no i don't think so i think like you know every he has a a long list of achievements he um also like what gabe was talking before about drilling etc i think like we just have to be aware of the fact that everyone will disappoint you. Like no one no candidate is going to do all the things that you want them to do no matter what their goals are. So I think like you can get hyped about Joe Biden especially because he's going to run against a guy he already fucking smashed. So it's like it's so proven. It just feels like it's uh, it's obviously the way to go and like you see the other candidates that are coming out right now. It's Marianne Williamson It's RFK. It's like, these are people that stand absolutely zero chance. There's no reason to elevate them. It only hurts. Let's
2: just go, Joe, all the way. Go, Joe, all the way. I will say, I do hope he's elected, if only out of concern, because I think if he loses, he'll have to be ritually sacrificed on (laughs) CNN. And then we will watch Kamala (laughs) Harris and Pete Buttigieg beast on his corpse on live TV. And I don't want to see that, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a that. really, it's a Hunger Games situation over here. And uh, nobody wants to see that live. All right, folks, tell me how you're feeling. Um, the th- I'm ent- I'm th- enthusiastic. Um, Gabe is, you know, doesn't want to see a ritual sacrifice. And Michael <laughs> Cruz Kane is like, let's just not deal with the riffraff. Where are you? Tell me on all of the social medias that all three of us are on undoubtedly all right now let us move on to topic number 47 oh my god how many topics is she doing in one show people who've been listening to this for like seven years are so confused let's get into it we're gonna talk about rats okay so there's there's a dog there's dogs there's a team of dogs In D.C. Not Paw Patrol, no. (laughs) (laughs) There's a team of animated dogs running rampant on the streets of D.C. Here's the thing. They're literally going out um, on the weekends to kill rats. Um, There's like rat terriers, which is a brand of dog that I'm hearing for the first time. I didn't know that that was a thing, but they're called rat terriers. Um, and they're doing it because there's just too many rats in DC. P.S. There's too many rats in New York City as well. Um, I read somewhere that the Northeast is like referred to as a rat megalopolis. Uh, and so we have like more rats than anywhere in America. Uh, not to brag, (laughs) but, um, what, what do you think of the idea of these dogs going out there and doing the thing, um, the rest of us are too scared to do.
1: Well, uh, I think it's great. <laughs>
0: Anything... <laughs>
1: Anything I know this didn't get me in trouble with the rat heads, but anything that kills rats is good <laughs> by me. And let me say this. I have seen like a couple of, not in New York City, but like in YouTube videos, darling, absolutely cute rats. And one rat, like if, if New York City had one rat, and we were like, oh, there's our rat, it would be amazing. I would love a cute rat. Right. But we have, yeah. I, th- I think, the, according to the latest releases by the city of New York, 400 gajillion rats. And that's too many. <laughs> oh my
0: God, is that the official figure? That's the official wow. number.
1: Uh, It's a four with the word gajillion written after it. And I just Mm. think that anything you do to kill them is is fine. I mean, this also this is going to do nothing. A bunch of dogs. There's no. Oh, we killed 15 rats. Who cares? 15 million rats were born in the same time that you killed those 15. It does nothing. (laughs) But anything you do to kill a rat is good by me.
0: Gabe, here's okay, so here we you know, we read a piece in the Washingtonian about this and they said in the Washingtonian that the idea of dog sh- a dog shaking a rat to death may seem cruel. That's apparently how they do it. Um one of the dog owners says that it's better than the alternative uh, which is poison. Quote, it takes 5 days for a rat to die from poisoning. It t- takes less than 5 seconds for my dog to kill a rat. So, what do you think about this um this response to um animal uh, cruelty people?
2: Yeah, I okay, I'll preface this by saying I once hooked up with a guy who had a rat and I was like Team Michael oh, as, before I met him. Oh. And then he was like, "Do you want to meet my rat?" and I was like, "I don't think so." An hour <laughs> later, I was like cuddling <laughs> on a couch with this rat. Um, It was they're really (gasps) smart and I think they come to cities for the same reasons humans do which is for the food and to get laid that is you know what I mean like you can't blame them (laughs) they're just doing a better job of it than we are they're doing it really really well okay I'm not brave enough to carry a slice of pizza down the steps of the New York subway but a rat is Um, so (laughs) I'm gonna give rats their props before I say if people are gonna be killing them let's do it real quick you know what I mean Uh, I think the idea of poisoning a rat and then waiting five days for it to die, or like sitting on a rat trap and like decapitating it halfway, and then letting it just kind of, it does seem very, very cruel. Um, But it seems less cruel than the alternatives. I will say uh, my family's Puerto Rican and in Puerto Rico, they have a lot of feral cats around San Juan. And people love the idea of the cats keeping the streets clean. It's very quaint. It's part of the cycle of nature when cats do it. They're like, yeah, shake them, bite them, rip them up, whatever. I think there is something weird about dogs. I don't know if they seem like they have an unfair advantage or if they're like skipping a step here, but dogs attacking rats seems unnatural to me. It's a little concerning.
0: well. By the way, you know, it's funny you should mention uh, the streets of San Juan, but in New York City, I have lived in a couple of buildings where they keep a cat in the like in the basement. And they sort of it's like kind of the building's cat. Or you like maybe see um, bodega bodegas cats. that have a cat yeah. or whatever bodega cats. These cats are there to do that job. And and it's I mean I mean I lived in a building that had a cat in the basement, and like we literally like never had mice or rats or anything like in that building the cats would the cat would just do its job Um, which kind of defies your statistics uh, Michael Cruz Kane, of like for every one rat 15 million are born I believe you said I believe it was
2: 40 gajillion that's a number (laughs) directly from Eric Adams so
0: Um, so uh, final thoughts on uh, by the way we have a new rat czar uh, her name is Kathleen Karate and she is a former elementary school teacher which says a lot about children (laughs) Karate would rather would rather (laughs) deal with rats. Um, final thoughts on rats, Michael Cruz Kane.
1: I mean, just kill them. Just kill them all. Whatever way is fine. I'm totally fine with anything. <laughs> whatever you do, I like the idea. Like, oh, we need a more humane way. So what we'll do is we'll have a dog rip them limb from limb. <laughs> it's all. It's all. If you were a rat, and you and you were like, oh, it's going to be the poison that I die over seven days, or it's going to be, um, you know, Clifford the Bidrag dog smashing me between his molars or whatever. I don't. I don't think I would care. Just like I- I'm going to die, so it is what it is.
0: Um. By the way, the the, the idea that I've happened to have met. On the show before that, I love the most is the birth control, the rat birth control, because then they sort of like die off naturally, and then nobody has to be grossed out by anything. Wait, wait, did
1: you know that um, that De Blasio did a thing in Staten Island with the deer, where they, um, they g- control, they them? gave the deer's vasectomies. <laughs> they, I'm dead serious. They would take oh, the deer. They would are you serious? They would trank them. They would put them in the back of a truck, give them a vasectomy, and then let them back out. We should do that to the
0: guy on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to topic number one, guys. That's a a solution. (laughs) I'm down. All right, Uh, folks, uh, rats, where are you at? Let me know. (laughs) Folks, that is the end of the show. And I, what a fun, fun time I had speaking with the both of you. And before I ask you guys where listeners can find you, I just want to let people know if you post a review on Apple Reviews, it really helps people find their show. We had a couple of really fantastic reviews from, um, we got a five star review from NPR Fan Forever. They wrote, Nagin Farsad is the funniest character on all of NPR. She just lots of raises so there's that uh, Venn diagram of Fake the Nation and NPR listeners. Um, Graf Von D gave us five stars and wrote clever and insightful, a refreshing look at news and contemporary culture through Ms. Farsad and her guests each episode. Not only are top issues discussed but she takes the time to delve into subjects that are critical but may not get coverage on major news programs due to their complexity. I almost always learn something new although to be fair some things I wish I could unlearn. Love the show. Thank you so much Gravon Von D. Thank you so much NPR fan for Thank you so much to everyone who writes the Apple reviews and keep doing it because it really does help people find the show. Um, but I would love for the people of Faith Nation to be able to find the two of you and um, hear about all the things that you've got going on. Michael Cruz Kane, where do they do that? You
1: can find me on Twitter at Cruz Kane C-R-U-Z-K-A-Y-N-E. Same on Instagram. You can also listen to my podcast, A Good Cry, which is also produced by HeadGum. And finally, pretty please come see Sorry for Your Loss at the Audible Theater from April twenty. 20- 8th through June 4th. Hang out afterwards and we'll do um, a high five or something.
0: Folks, come see that show. I'm going to go see that show. You should come to also see that show and we'll chat about it. Um, Gabe Gonzalez, where do people find you?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram using the handle Gay Bones, G-A-Y-B-O-N-E-Z. It's not a weird sex thing. It's a nickname from college I should never have used when I created social media handles. But uh, <laughs> we got it. Um, you can listen to me starring opposite Drew Drogi on uh, The Comedians, which is a uh, play released through Audible. Um, You can come see my queer comedy history show called The Lavender Scare at Come On Everybody in June if you live in New York. And you can find my website at www.gabeis.gay. It's a real URL and I love it.
0: I, I also love it. And I can't wait to listen to the, your Audible play. I I love that. I'm like a big, you know, audio head, as people might guess. <laughs> um, so I can't wait to dig into that. Folks, you know where to find me and all the things that I do. Um, just to let you know, if you happen to hear this before th- and you're in Nashville, I'm going to be on the Way, Way, Don't Tell Me stage on Thursday night. Um, this podcast drops Thursday morning. So if you get this in time, Thursday night, I'm going to be on the Way, Way, Don't Tell Me stage um, taping an app episode. Uh, You can uh, see me there. There may still be tickets left, hopefully. Otherwise, tune in uh, to NPR over the weekend and you will catch me there. And don't forget we have Succession on Monday, Succession Recap, and uh, and we just have some phenomenal uh, guests planned for you. So keep tuning in to Succession Recaps. And I want to thank our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our f- um, fantastic theme music was written by Gobby Alter. Thanks to everyone at Headgum for making the show a possibility. You can reach out to us at faiththenationpodcast at gmail.com with any ideas you have, and we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a Headgum podcast.